Chris. It is me, DJ Them Jeans. <laughs> I am podcast. We're podcasting early. It's nine eight forty five a.m. Oh, on a Tuesday. Is that what time it is? Right now, I'm in the middle of creating some content. I'm putting some layered superfood Aloha Oat Mac creamer <laughs> into my morning coffee. You know, it's full Damn. of lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and other mushrooms and shit. It's gluten-free, macadamia nut, coconut, avocado. It's all fucking there, bro. <laughs> if you could keep it down over there, that'd be great. We're trying to podcast here. If you, could, I don't know what you're doing. Sounds like you're rattling a spoon around. This is called multitasking. Yeah, we don't do that when we podcast. We're supposed to focus on the task, Jason. That's why. I, just, I wanted to get that out of the way early, up top, as they say in the biz, so then... You know, it's a little peek behind okay. the curtain. Our listeners want to hear this type of behind-the-scenes yeah, bullshit. Yeah, you're right. You're Just right. The cl- I mean, yesterday I was eating noodles on the pod. I tried to edit that out in <laughs> post, but some of those slurps got in. It was out of my control. I, I was about to say, I could hear I could hear your big-ass slurps. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's it's not pleasant for me. You know I hate eating. I hate the sounds and the smells, um, but, you know. <laughs> you don't hate eating. You know that. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh, you hate that you love eating. Spe- speaking of eating, um, we should just just kind of download the listeners on the on the big afternoon we had yesterday. Yeah, let's give them a download because boy, we're we did some great <laughs> eating you and I together, didn't we, Chris? You and I both in tandem munching down. But I I watched you eat uh, mid afternoon, and I did join you for a sensible dinner, of course, as we celebrate the Persian flavors. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we had um, we finally were able to carve out some time to hit the local sandwicherie um a place called jimmy john's and chris was talking a mean game about their veggie sandwich for what seems like years now that i've known him and i never have been it's not really a a sandwich spot that was prominent in the california area until very recently in the last couple of years i always dismissed it as a subway style bullshit ass place like a five guys or some type of lame ass shit like that and chris kept promising me that it was delicious so i finally gave in unfortunately we had to visit the glendale gallery of food court to partake in this delicacy and the amount of people who go to the mall food court to eat whatever their meal at their what i mean it was 3 p.m on a monday it was lit this no national lit. holiday it's you know we're all last weekend was the three-day weekend the entire it's a huge mall with a huge food court in it it's where billy eilish filmed her music video it's 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 a it's a giant place you know probably 20 different restaurants not a single table was open for us to sit down and eat at it was just slammed everywhere i don't know who eats is it lunch at three is it dinner at three but we were also there doing it so who's the joke on even though we were eating as a prank it was a goof great point and i want to stress that it was it was not because that we want we wanted to eat it let's get to let's get to the point jason you fucking you were drooling over your jimmy your james john the jimmy is delicious the jimmy it's it's more it's kind of like a sandwich glizzy because it's really long and slender you know it it's off-putting because the the fresh baked bread it's kind of somewhere between a like a a, a bun me bun and like a cuban sandwich roll where it's kind of like mm-hmm. the, the it's very very airy and light the outside has kind of a a little bit of a a soft crispy crunch to it and it's like a very kind of blonde roll situation oh yeah it's a little sweet but it's but it like the if you get a full-size sandwich from jimmy's that thing's 
clocking in at damn near two feet long. No joke. It's like 18 inches or yeah, something bro. like that. It's, that's, it's that's huge. 18, bro, I, I told you, I'm not afraid to take 18 inches to the fucking dome. You know, it's it's, it's absolutely nothing yeah, for me to take he, down 18, 18 inches. inches digging in his spleen, and it was going down a <laughs> truly going down a treat. <laughs> Uh, but I, I I opted for the the small sandwich, which was still you know ten. What I mean, I guess nine well, nine inch sandwiches. Well, fucking well, they huge. were. What was the what's the small one called? Little Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Lil John. I mean, because Lil John rapper Lil John was actually doing. He was a spokesperson for that rollout. But yeah, they yes, they were yes. doing sandwiches that were like I don't know, like four or five bucks, and they're like kind of like when you when you go to get a froyo somewhere and there's like small medium large and the kid size or the mini like this was the mini the uh the angry latinx person working at jimmy's was not into us at all <laughs> no, she was whatever the opposite word of pleased is that's what was going on to to talk to us and deal with us so i was i was suspecting the sandwich artistry to be less than thoughtful yes even with her piss and salt and vinegar boiling through her veins she still managed to produce a near perfect sandwich treat and jason did take my advice he copped the the underrated jimmy john's salt and vinegar chips and and laced his sandwich with a nice thick layer of crunchy chips uh, what other restaurant has their own in-house line of chips? I was trying to think. Like that's an it's a interesting strategic move for for JJ's because not even the Subway or any of these huge conglomerates have that really, right? You you go to Blimpy, they got Doritos, bro. Like, come on now, you got to no, you, you go to, go to Blimpy, you get the get... smart and final chip chip with, <laughs> and they spelled the chip wrong because they can't legally call it a chip <laughs> because of whatever ingredients are not in Why there. Is it? <laughs> Why does this chip have a Y in it? I don't understand. I've never seen it spelled like, spelled like chip this is spelled with a Y because we have been sued by the federal uh, federal the FDA because we technically don't have chip like in a, it. This is yeah, technically this is a chip like product, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, all I did, I mean, I didn't. I got a very a pussy ass sandwich, just like turkey provolone avocado. You know, it's about as white bro as a white bro can get. So I haven't even dug into some of their nastier, stinkier flavors. I know that you always get just a veggie delight or something like that. So you're the wrong person to ask. Maybe our guest later today. You know, I could see him doing some eating. So he might have a little little JJ hack. But I'm sure they have some wild ass like pastrami fucking bulldog sandwiches or something like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. I, I would imagine so. But I just, I mean. We're Where's your bulldog menu? I felt insane yesterday after we did this. Like I, I literally, I don't know why. Jason and I were talking about this. We, we because of a scheduling error, we had some time to kill. So obviously, we we're kicking at the mall like any suburban teenagers would do, and we both just kind of felt insane because we we hadn't had time to do that in a in a very long time. Yeah, like we hadn't that that is not something that has been on the menu, and it's something that Jason and I together used to do quite often. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of parts of it. I think one part was we went to a mall or we went to a place with no real direction or mm -hmm. initiative or reason. It's not like, oh, I got to go to Uniqlo and get some fucking new trousers or something like that, or I got to go pick up my drug. It was just like, let's just go, you know, mince around. And so that part was kind of throwing Chris into a little bit of a tailspin since he is a hustler, and this was not hustling. 
But the other part was just being out on a Monday and just seeing all the people in the world who are just doing nothing on a Monday. And I think that was a little off-putting to me. I got, you know, everyone's working from home. Days of the week don't matter anymore and all this stuff. And obviously people have jobs and sometimes they have Mondays off. But there is as many people at this mall on a Monday at three in the afternoon than any mall I've ever been to on a Saturday, just holiday weekend, whatever. I haven't se- I haven't been out to see the world outside, you know, like when we would travel and go to other cities, that's one thing. You're like, oh, this is how it is in Alabama or something like that. It's crazy. But when it, when it's five minutes away from your house and you and you see like that world going on and we're, you know, we're living in such a pod bubble over here. You know, it's just like when we go to Erewhon, you're like, okay, Erewhon's looking, looking normal. This is what it's supposed to be. But I was able to do a retail report from Pacific Sunwear. Um, they are carrying a lot of what looks to be sporty and rich by Emily Oberg, but it is not actually officially licensed merchandise. Jason would not let me go into Tilly's for whatever reason. We had to keep it moving. He wasn't ready for Tilly's. I was able to purchase um, two... Uh, I, I did a yin yang uh, uh, of Nike dry fit socks. I got a white six pack as well as a black six pack uh, from Champ Sports. Buy one get one half off, which is a great deal. I love a deal, you know, Jason. And it was very fun to be walking into Champs and to see Chris Black go up to a young employee working there with a <laughs> six pack of black Nike socks and say, "Where's the white ones? Where's the white ones?" <laughs> Oh, you got these in white though. <laughs> Damn, I, mean, I didn't even think about that. Damn, most people don't do the work, Chris. I did leave with those socks, and then we went back to Jason's humble abode, where I assisted him in shipping out even more hats. Um, so it was a day of man- it was a day of discovery and manual labor. Yeah, welcome to my life. Shout out to Scott and the family at Homecoming uh, over there in Greenpoint for sending us uh, the bricks of, of their of their proprietary blends and beans. Very nice of you. Thank you, bro. I'm sipping some homecoming beans right now. I need something that will that the Laird will dance on and, and homecoming deliver. <laughs> speaking of speaking of dancing on, and maybe this is something we should talk to our guest about, but Jason yesterday put me on to the fact that Wiz Khalifa's Cabin Fever mixtape is truly a carbon copy of just Rick Ross. And I had never <laughs> put that it. together. And I had never listened to a Wiz Khalifa mixtape because I have ears. Yeah, but I thought it was funny to make you listen to Cabin Fever, <laughs> and it was funny, and I also learned something. So it was kind of a win-win for both of us, I would say. Has Wiz Khalifa improved? No, that was his peak. That was like 2012, I think is what that was, and he yeah, that was was already peak. had completely smoked himself retarded. <laughs> That was like the the era when guys would, or gals, when rappers would say some line that was not profound in the slightest and then (laughs) felt the need to say it yet again. It's just like, I'm higher than an airplane. Yeah, I said I'm higher than an airplane. And you're like, okay, that was it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't come for Wiz's fucking bars, bro. Also, Wiz is Wiz is jacked now, and he's a kickboxer. He is jacked. So now. that is interesting. That is interesting. Apparently, he's because I was talking to Ryan Duffy about it at the Burger Lords thing. He's like, bro, I did a thing with him. Like I interviewed him for this thing. He's huge. He's like he's so ripped and he's tall as fuck. Like I don't think people really realize that when they see him on camera. Brawl Brawlick Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, I mean he, because he had a he had another issue. He never had any lo- well, weight to lose. He was I think he was maybe severely severely underweight. Yeah, he he had to be having three three jimmies a day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at that to put that kind of poundage on. But look, let's let's 
let's prepare for our guest. We do have a guest today, a fucking a New York legend, mm-hmm. Jason, is joining us today on, on this West Coast Leading Podcast. Uh, Peter Rosenberg, you probably know from uh, Hot 97 with Ebro in the morning. Fuck Ebro. Uh, now he is on a ESPN show called The Michael K Show. Uh, he uh, also has a new album that just dropped, which I'm not exactly sure how that works but i think he you know he put it together he's the a and r he's the brains behind it not unlike a, a dj khaled style executive production but yeah his album real late uh just dropped it has a you know friend of the show jim jones you know styles p vampire life vampire gang baby you already know the vibes we got ray chef meth you know, ghost face. The, the whole, the, the whole, list goes on. Man, Staten, I- Staten Island, stand the fuck up. Let's go. <laughs> and then um, he also uh, he also is a triple OG podcaster with uh, with DJ and and um, comedian Cypher Sounds. They did the Juan Ep, which was a which was a, mm-hmm. a very very early podcast that's been going on for years and years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, l- let's let's tap in with the goat and talk about you know Conway the Machine or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you do. That's that new rapper, bro. Is he a wrestler? Pete is here. You can't see it because this is an audio-based podcast, but he is wearing a nice headset with a microphone. And all joking aside, it does look like something as a as a podcaster. I might be interested in purchasing. Can you walk us through this? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. Jason. Do you have a uh, looks, like a promo code that you can offer? Maybe. <laughs> so, so I got this. When, when COVID started, I was using like a handheld mic. And for whatever reason, shout out to COVID. My back <laughs> always was hurting from doing like 80 hours of radio a week. And the hand, I, and I couldn't do what you're doing right now. I couldn't like lay down in bed with the handheld, which is fire, <laughs> which I would do. I would do that. Hopefully, we're going to work with Sleepy Jones to develop a line of podcasting boxer shorts based on this <laughs> kind of, based on this. So I'll keep you posted on those. We'll get you a, a promo pair, of course. Yeah, but yeah, when you're doing live stuff, for ESPN or some shit, you can't be in bed, is what you're saying, right? So I had to find something where I'm on because my my ESPN show is on TV, so I needed something to like be able to sit up and not have to always lean, either lean to a stand. Like I have this thing too. I have like a real Hot 97 sent me like a proper mic, but it's annoying to be on it all day. So this doesn't sound quite as great as like a real real broadcasty mic sure but like for podcasting it's beyond enough and it's yeah. dumb comfortable and like during the conversation you can smoke a joint you can drink you could like <laughs> lay back you would do whatever you want it's very freeing you could pull that meat out we don't even know yeah no i might <laughs> yeah. i might yeah you look like you're either you look like you're either about to bomb a country in a helicopter or you're on the sidelines at the Super Bowl, which are both two cool, you know, pretty cool ways to look. Uh, but it's also a nice conversation piece because it is so dorky by nature. I mean, we are podcasting to begin with, so that's kind of a base layer that's already there. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah, we've 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 leaned into the dorkiness, but I will say, do the amount of content you've been producing during COVID, uh, you need to take care of your body. I, I hope you're I hope you're drinking a lot of water. I hope you're stretching. Mm-hmm. Do you get up and take breaks? Do you walk around the neighborhood? Where do you live? New Jersey? Are you able to walk around? No, out no, there? no, no, no. I'm, on the <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Thank you very much. Let's That's go. right, baby. Let's go. That's right. Let's go. No, I, I, I assume that it's like the New Jersey of Manhattan. <laughs> okay, I see. I see. That's a nice cheat code, <laughs> and that's that's good. This is a good thing. <laughs> well, well, I say I love it because 
it gives you all the access to the city and you have everything that makes it like you're truly in New York. But when you go home at night, like it's quiet. And outside my living room window, I look at Riverside Park. It's not like city streets. It's mm-hmm. so you, no, but you still, so, so you fully get like it's 2 a.m. I want good food. Boom, no problem. But like it's 2 a.m. I don't want like drunk chicks loud outside my window like you also i'm too old for that too peter peter we call those fans on this podcast but i understand i I understand what you mean unfortunately i i i reside in the east village which is only drunk people so it is it is quite loud and i am um too old for that but for some reason it gives me the energy i need i can't imagine living in a quiet new york like it's hard for me to process i like was listening to your your a little bit of your podcast from last week I take it based on you being in the East Village. You're, if I'm not mistaken, the divorced one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I I live in L.A. as well. I live in L.A. as well. So I'm I'm in L.A. right now. But, uh, yeah, wow, you're you're smarter than you look. Damn, Pete loaded the clip. (laughs) I had a friend who, um, who got, like, when he got serious with his now wife, they moved to the East Village, and I was just like, bro, you're you're hustling backwards what are you doing like this it's loud it's noisy you can't get an elevator you can't get a doormat like you can i guess but it's not common even at my coolest period in life like when i would have been in the best position to live there it wouldn't it just wouldn't suit me i'm just like such a homebody yeah it's kind of like roughing it in a, in the most in the least roughing it city in the world like what's the point correct correct yeah i i would i don't know i i i just like the action and and the noise the noise does bother me but it's also like i'm not there all the time so i think that's how i deal with it you know what Balance. i mean i mean come on you're seriously half pregnant you also have a life <laughs> totally removed in la which is the opposite of the east village so you get to balance that yeah 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 why aren't you have you ever come to la or are you just in new york or are you just like a dot you're never gonna leave it's funny if he's never been here that's how new joke he is <laughs> yeah. yeah i've never been i've heard of it i've heard of it <laughs> i mean i know tight. you i know you have to i guess i guess if you do a radio and stuff that radio show schedule bro that shit sucks man i don't know how you guys do that stuff you know like for example I definitely would have posted up in L.A. for a while during COVID, I think at least a month at a time, if it wasn't for the morning show schedule. But that's so nightmare. When I when I work from – I used to do it a lot. I don't anymore. When I do my morning show in L.A., which starts at 3 a.m. here, it's nah. just – it's not doable. <laughs> it's not – so I, I love L.A. I would love to have a place out there that I can go to whenever I want. I'm not one of those New Yorkers who's – just pretends to hate LA out of obligation. I <laughs> I enjoy it. Like I really I really think both New York and LA what they have in common is they're both amazing at their best. And then there are times when you're like, I just need to fucking go somewhere else. I, I need a yeah. minute somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I, need a break. I think they're very similar in that way, but people both hardcore Los Angelinos and also New Yorkers like refuse to admit that their place is also like that. Yeah, best of both worlds to to swim in both and be you know have a crib. That's kind of goal goal number one for everyone I know. That's the life. If you could pull that off, if you could get rich enough to do both. Well, unfortunately, let me let me look. I'm telling you right here, you don't even have to be rich. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm the testament. I'm the testament to that. You can be 
mildly middle class, I would say low level successful, and you can make it happen too if you make sacrifices. You know what I mean? Like True. If, if, if you, True. yeah, if your if your chick is rich enough, anything is possible, Peter. <laughs> Let me teach you the ways, bro. <laughs> yeah, Jason can show you the way, man. Jason can show you. You know the what? Way. Listen, I, I have a second chance to figure that out. So if I if I can, you don't get, you don't have kids, do you? I do not have kids. I share I, I share a dog with my ex wife. We do not share children. No. Okay, so you are also divorced hive. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah divorce <laughs> hive. Divorce, divorce nation. Hive. Stand the fuck up. Let me let me tell you something. Look, I'm sure you love this dog, and I know it's important to you. But man. <laughs> You you might need to give up custody, bro. That's a lot no, it's of already, it's already lot. happened. The, the ship has already sailed. I'm I'm out in the middle of the ocean already. I'm I'm <laughs> it, it worked out it worked out well because my my new girlfriend is in love with my dog. So she wouldn't even ex wife loves that probably be interested in yeah, she I'm wouldn't sure. even yeah, be yeah, interested yeah, yeah. in 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 that change because yeah. then she wouldn't then she wouldn't have the dog. Sure. This dog is special, though. This is not your random poodle or terrier. This is an you animal. literally, you literally, you literally sound like every single dog owner or <laughs> child parent. So I mean, I believe, I believe I you, bro, I bro. This like- this dog is different. It's built different. You don't understand, <laughs> dog. By the way, thank you, Jason. This dog is built different. So it's a different. This whole this whole the whole energy of this dog is different. This okay. is all different. I've never had a pet. I'm I'm not anti pet, but I just think it's a lot of work, and I don't I'm not into that. But it also saves me money, so I can afford my bi coastal lifestyle. Because I got a lot of friends that call me, sorry, bro, I can't make it. My dog is sick. All of a sudden, I had to drop five bands at the veterinarian. Like that's Facts. crazy to me. That's crazy. And that's, well, to and me. also the the honestly the most difficult part, and and he's absolutely worth it. But the most difficult part is like my parents right now are planning. For my niece and nephew, they wanted to plan a special family trip as their gift. So they want to plan a trip next winter. So it's awesome to do that, and I'm in. But then I just have to hit my ex-wife with like, hey, I'm gone, so you're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. she wants to go on a trip, I, I don't really know. My dog isn't going. My dog would not. You can't take him to a kennel. Like <laughs> You might as well put. He would rather you, if, if the choices were... <laughs> Send me to a kennel with other dogs for a week, or just put a bullet in the back of my head. He's taking He's the taking, ladder. Like you couldn't. Damn. Do that. Sounds like the dog version of Chris. Well, a lot of yeah. people say a lot of people say <laughs> dogs end up looking like their owner, and vice versa. So, what kind of dog are you sitting on? <laughs> First time anyone's ever said it like that. Bear, come here. Come here. They're asking about you. Come here. This dog better look like Joe Rogan, dog. You know what I'm saying? This better look exact spitting image. Uh, he does look like me, though. He does look like me. Hold on. Damn, damn. You're right. Yeah, no, this dog is fire. No, this, this is a cool dog. How much you pay for that dog, though? Because we know that ain't no rescue. We know you didn't do the right thing. This is a rescue. No, son. Yeah, this was a... You bought that hoe straight cash. On the streets of New York, <laughs> this dog was... No, you can't. There's no price. You couldn't cop one of these in the streets. Hezengati. Hezengati. Uncopable dog. No, this dog heads looks very you cool. Just said, you just said head, heads ain't got these about a dog. I just want to make sure we all we all understand that. Here Bob, by the way, the amount of rappers that this dog has spent quality time with is okay. It's a who's who of greatness. Have you put Have you put Bear in the booth? Like, has he got a hot sixteen, or is he not there yet? No, he's not ready to run. He's not ready. And, he's, he's, and now he's aging out of the genre. He's a senior. You know? Well, he's they already... say the rap game is a young man's game, they say, right? See? That's why Jay-Z is so bad now. 
full circle, yeah, full, full circle <laughs> to my album. That's the thing. I, I'm oh, here we go. The- Yo, just FYI, album in stores right now. That's the other thing. Yeah, we already talked about now. your go album on the intro. Don't worry, we can get back into kennels and shit like that. The real meat, <laughs> the real meat of the show. <laughs> when did the album? Wait, wait, P- Peter. When did the album come out? Last week, Friday. Yeah, as of when we're recording this, it came out last Friday. Yep. Well, we you know we put podcasts out the next day, so just just so you know, so this is going to be all right. So it was last week. Yep, last Friday. We we, we work we work very time. How long did this shit take you? Um, it was actually pretty quick. It was like uh, I really got dialed in in like September and finished the work by May, pretty much. Damn, this is executive produced by you. So walk us through what that work entails exactly. You mean explain? to white and old people what it means when a dj puts out an album because first of all peter first of all peter hold on i would like to explain to you our demographic exact is actually uh we have a strong female listenership um really and yeah yeah yeah, new york los angeles we're very big in canada australia shout out to all of our down under listeners yeah i'll send you dms i'll send you the screenshots of the dms bro (laughs) i know that i i know that you i know that when i know that when your handler sent you this you're like what is this corny shit like these guys are know what they're talking about and and no I no I, I, I could tell you right. i already think i already figured you guys out very quickly i i, I that's oh, not what i thought oh about. did you oh tell us tell us please then tell us what you figured out as a no, veteran I, of the I game i already i already got like the, the gist i already i have i guarantee if we played six degrees we'd have friends in common in eight seconds like that's I true already that's know, true for sure for sure i already know your hip-hop loving bi-coastal slash la hipster but like good lovable progressive hipster vibes <laughs> knows good hip-hop i already figured it like it wasn't well the problem is peter science. the problem is peter i think we're going to go head to head on hip-hop because i actually don't i i only like i'm from atlanta originally so i really only like um he only likes this group called dem franchise boys have you heard yeah, yeah. they have a snap I only really style rock, music that's really good? I know, I know you're on your real, you're 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 real NY boom bap head, and that is something that I'm gonna need some convincing on. You know what I mean? So wow. should I check wow. out your new album? Chris does not own doubles of Sound Bombing Two. Let's say that. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Jason, you have Sound Bombing Two. I do have doubles of Sound Bombing Two. Of course, I mean, oh, you're a vinyl, you're a vinyl collector too. No, um, no. I used to be. I don't have. I don't have vinyl anymore. I got rid of it a few years. Jason ago. is downplaying. J- Jason is a. Jason is a, a legendary L.A. nightlife fixture and DJ. So he can talk. He can. He can talk. Mm-hmm. Beat. He can talk beat juggling with you if need be. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just not talk about Nas. Yeah, you wasn't there, bro. You wasn't there, Jason. <laughs> Jason. So did did you know? Did you know DJ AM like before he was a Paris Hilton birthday DJing? Um, legend. I knew him when he was still fat. If that's what you're asking, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> God bless the dead. But yeah. Facts. Yeah. I mean, we we weren't we weren't tight bros. I we uh, we became closer friends later on when he was on. You know, already a superstar. Yeah. 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 He, he's he not knowing AM. Not knowing AM is sort of one of the regrets of my hip hop life because. Before he passed, he had said something really kind about me, which like showed his incredible awareness of what was going on in hip hop at that time because he was already fucking out of here. Yeah. And I was super like geeked by it because I just thought as a pure I was just into him as a DJ from a straight DJ skill set standpoint. And like it's just one of those things when you don't ever meet someone and you know you would have been cool when we eventually would have run into each other yeah. mm-hmm. and then i was like i was very blown by his passing for someone that i didn't know at all you know um yeah but yeah i, I so i i can i can get a read on your 
I know. See, here's the thing. I love L.A. nightlife. So it's one thing that's super underrated about L.A. is that so many and I'm preaching to the choir here, but so many people who are intimately involved with like nightlife and the commercial uh, music scene are all connected in some ways to underground hip hop. Like there's so many ties there. That I think is underrated. I've always just loved the underground hip hop scene in LA in general. And I think a lot of that kind of has to do with that underground kind of Jewish kid to hip hop pipeline. You know what I mean? And a lot of that can be like turned into like a hip hop historian type vibe. And a lot of it can be like behind the scenes management, representation, that kind of world. I, I, that was something that I always found fascinating. Well, a lot of people don't know that when um, in the 90s, when Jewish kids went to Hebrew school, the last 15 minutes was a special culture vulture class where they taught us how to steal, you know, and fight off of culture. Pillage. And pillage. Just be oh, I thought you meant steal like like 50 cent style. But you're talking about how to uh, how to appropriate culture and, and profit off. Oh, of you meant how to you were going how to rob how to rob. No. Yeah, that that kind of how how to steal. I've been listening to a lot of Fifty Cent lately in the gym, and I gotta say, I don't know if I appreciated it at, at the time the way I appreciate it now when I'm really getting these gains. Like nothing is a better soundtrack for deadlifting than some Fifty Cent in his prime. That's the era when you were too dim franchise boys out. <laughs> That's that's <laughs> honestly probably true, but I think that Atlanta. I mean, look, Atlanta has given us so much. You can't deny that. I love Atlanta. I know, I'm, I'm going to play you the song you were on at that time. Oh, okay. <laughs> this guy can't stop DJing. It's in his. It's in his he blood. Can't, he can't put it. He can't put it. You down. know, what? I have a tune for that. Here you go. This was you. This was you at that exact time. Hold on. Oh shit! Yes, let's go. <laughs> Never scared. <laughs> I nailed it though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, we just we had we had we had such a run, but I mean, it seemed like you dipped back into your bag and really got all your New York heads on, on this record. It's sort of unintentionally a very New York album. Like that's one of the descriptions that I get a lot is like you went back to that New York sound that you know, and it's New York, New York, New York. And it's funny because the first voice on the album is Vel the Wonder, who's from L.A. It's not intended to be a New York album. It just so happens that a lot of the the big underground scene that's happening right now is New York based again. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are looking at it as like, you know, it's it's in some way something for New York. It's really not. It really is a record that's just about the people who I think I really fuck with who have been making hip hop. And yes, I happen to end up knowing those people and that's where I, I kind of end up leaning. But yeah, yeah, it's not some sort of New York really. The legends on it are all New York legends because that's who I know. I mean, that being here like. Damn, what a flex. Sorry, I can text Styles P and say, bring me out a green juice, fam. You know, you're it's nothing for you. It's nothing for you to get a ginger shot from Styles P. By the way, listen, hold on. You think it's a game. I'm going to show you how real it is in these streets. Hold up. You think it's a game? Check out the picture. Check out. Hold on. See if you can see it. You can't see it clearly. Hold on. Mm. This is Bear in a picture with Styles P. You know what I'm saying? That's how. Damn. That's how Bear real really, it is. Bear really is out here. They let him double park the G-Wagon in, in, in the Bronx like it's nothing. That's so cool that Bear does that. I, no, but, it, but, but being at hot, when you're, when you're at hot for a really long time, the the... The characters of the city are so kind of like it's just all mixed together. No, you know, oh, of these course. are the cats who no, grew no. up at Hot ninety seven, you know? 
No, of, of course. I mean, is is Hot ninety seven? Is it still in Tribeca? Is it still in that same? Yeah, it's it's the West Village. West Village. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, I know where that is. Okay, I'm I'm thinking of something else. And where and where Charlemagne almost got murked over a drop. They're a few <laughs> blocks south. Bro, I want to talk about your boy Charlemagne a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Definitely because your I, boy. But keep going. That ain't that ain't my that ain't my boy. But I I you know as a, some one of you guys need to claim him. Talking about him all. <laughs> no, no. This is look. There's there's only two podcasts that I I listen to at this point in my life, and one is Charlemagne's because it makes me mad, and the other is Joe Budden because it makes me mad. <laughs> So I want to like I know you got relationships with both of these guys, Chris. You need to talk to your therapist about this. Not if yeah. if you got look if you if you were all right all right Peter if you were if they were saying look we're gonna waterboard you you can only listen to one podcast <laughs> is it is it the Joe Budden podcast or is it is it Brilliant Idiots you you have to listen to one of them oh, which one are Paul's we gonna take that water he said what kind of water is it <laughs> he said is it Fiji. <laughs> 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 Which one is it, Paul? What are you putting? What, what are you putting? Take me to Guantanamo, son. <laughs> no, what are you, um, what are you putting on the Beats very pill? Easy. Very what are you no, putting on the Beats pill in Guantanamo? What is playing on the Beats pill in Guantanamo? <laughs> definitely Joe Bud. Definitely. Wow. Not okay. even. It's not even. Well, have you been following? Have you been following the drama surrounding the Joe Budden podcast and and the Does a dog have fleas? The untimely the the departure of his his illustrious co-host Rory and Maul. Oh uh, no! I, fo- I of course I did. I've watched this whole thing play out. I started the podcast. I was there from the first fo- note. I've told them. What do you mean you start? I didn't. I wasn't aware of this. What do you mean you started the podcast? The original episodes of Joe Budden's podcast. It was. It was originally called. I'll name this podcast later. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you. Oh, you were on. Literally on the original ones. No. No. It was on my attempt at starting a podcast network called Rosenberg Radio. Okay. 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 You wasn't there, Chris. I, well, there, yeah, you wasn't there. You weren't in the gym. Um, and uh, the gym was my apartment where, uh, where, yeah. where me, Joe, and his old co-host, Marissa Mendez, we all got together and kind of talked through what it would look like. Yes. And then I found a studio and we started and... I just did not know how to do podcast infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I just didn't want to be there every week. So I didn't do anything to sort of solidify <laughs> my place there. So, you know, not surprised. Listen, even if I'd been there every week and done everything, Joe probably would have left me behind. But he certainly was going to leave me behind considering I wasn't even around anymore. That doesn't sound like the Joe button I know. I know. So he went on. And then the other uh, Rory Amal showed up, and the, it's obviously enjoyed amazing success, which is I knew from yo. I, I asked Joe to be on my when I first got hired by ESPN. They didn't know what they were going to do with me, and I suggested Joe Budden to do a show with me. And when I called Joe, to his credit, he was just like, "Bro, I'm not. I can't like work for a real company doing a real <laughs> job like that. Like that's just not doesn't make sense." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, I appreciate your honesty." I mean, I think that he is a bag fumbler, and it's it's very entertaining to watch. <laughs> but I don't know if I mean I just think that you you you're you're an OG podcaster. Like, where do you see this going? Like, is the only way to Why make money you in podcasts? I'm the brokest failure <laughs> in podcasts. I I'm I've made I've managed to make a good amount of money over my life, none of which has come from the the, the format. That I basically helped create, but I think that's because you were too early. Because Jason, J- Jason, that's on this call with us, 
Uh, he is a he, he is also a, an OG podcaster. I mean, Jason, when did you start Tall Tales? Jason had a podcast called Tall Tales. What what era was that? Jason? Probably like ten years ago. Ten years ago. So not not quite as early as you, but you know that same kind of shit. But but still early. But I would say that that maybe you were just too early. Is that you know what I mean? And that and and now it's catching up. Or do you think there's because to me the only real way to do it now obviously is YouTube or signing with Spotify. Those are the only two real ways to make money. Unless I'm missing something. No, I mean you just have to have a, a huge enough show to where you can make a shitload of money on advertising or you have a patreon and then you make a shitload of money on patreon and advertising two major ways he's right it's if you have if you have a huge patreon we say fuck that that's some broke boy shit i don't want people <laughs> donating i don't want people donating to my bank account like i don't like that but when you think but think about it but think about it it's such a it's such a more pure form of the art Yes, you can look at it as donating or you can look at it as premium service. Like if you go Patreon only where you're saying like, yo, you want our podcast, you pay monthly. And that's the infrastructure we use for you to buy our podcast. I don't know. It sort of feels like the opposite of broke boy. Would you do that? Well, we currently want app. We came back on one app and we started a Patreon to be able to pay Billy June, our producer, because we have a very small listenership at this point relative to a big podcast. So we don't and we're not with a company. Here's why I like Patreon, even though they take a lot of money, just to be clear. Mm -hmm. Number one, I have a huge pet peeve. I know this sounds crazy because I do commercial radio and we play commercials all the time. (laughs) I hate fucking commercials on podcasts like I. Hey, hey, let's call Can we call them advertisements, please? When you say commercial, it kind of makes my skin crawl. You you know, it's it's an ad. It's an ad. Yeah, let me you know, you're right. I shouldn't let me not say what it actually is. (laughs) Let me not say what it actually is. I'll let me clean it up for you real nice. No, and I get it. I, I understand they're they're important and uh, they can make you money. And I've done obviously I've done it many times. But like I hear you, the the broke boy shit. It is a reasonable thing because you're kind of like, hey, help us out. Like that is whack. It kind of sucks to do that. At the same time, as a listener, if I absolutely loved a podcast. As I'm sure your countless minions in Australia and Canada feel at this exact moment. <laughs> this motherfucker. They would, they would fork over the money. to If it's $5 a month to get your favorite shit and you never have to hear anyone hawk some bullshit that you don't want, mm-hmm. to me that's somewhat worthwhile. The whole thing for me is I like the accessibility of anyone can come and listen to this at any time. True. Like that is really what it's about to me is like, and it's not even, you know, it's not even about like growing the listenership per se. It's just like, I like the accessibility of people being able to hear it when they want to hear it and enjoy it when they want to enjoy it. And I imagine, or at least my fingers are crossed. I hope that that will pay dividends in the future. Like it will, that, that our approach will eventually pay off. And I, and, and you're right. People check out. This is the saddest thing about podcasting. You get the emails, the DMs. I love you. You've got me through the hardest times. <laughs> you don't know what this podcast means to me. When you talked about this thing, it changed everything for me. I was alone, and you were my only friend. You're the reason I beat cancer. <laughs> I, I work in a toll like, booth. I got eight kids. Yeah, I work in a toll booth. Everything. My whole life is this podcast. And then if you were to be like, all right, man, we I really appreciate together. that. We're gonna go ahead and charge a dollar an episode. They're like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the worst. That shit is the worst. Nah. But I understand it. People aren't used to paying for it. No, so I agree with all that. Popular. But I'm also that person where it's like, "All right, we're gonna charge a dollar episode. I'm out." But also, to me, obviously, nobody likes commercials. Nobody likes listening to ad reads on a radio, podcast, TV show, or anything like that. But the best part about a podcast ad, at least for now, is 
when you're listening to Hot 97 and you guys are doing a Sereno and Barnes ad, you can't fast forward it. Correct. When I'm watching my Hulu shit and it says this ad is going to play for 30 more seconds, you can't fast forward it. On YouTube, you can't fast forward it. On a podcast, I hit the skip 30 seconds button and the whole thing is done in you know, a millisecond and I'm back to the that show. being, that being said, that being said, thank you to all our sponsors. I would never fast forward and advertise. No, I would never fast forward, ad. fast forward. <laughs> I listen to all the ads and just, yeah, enter, enter <laughs> hashtag, uh, enter backslash gone at checkout and, and you will receive 20% off of your purchase. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we're growing this hair back on, on how long gone, but also, you know, Peter, do you think that we're you know, like the word Patreon is rooted in the word patronage? Do you think, you know, just talking to Chris for the last half an hour, he doesn't really have the energy of the type of person that people are going to want to give their money to. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, hey, bro. No, look, I just don't. I, I come and, and I mean, Peter, I, I know you've been doing this for a long time, but it's like to me, I just come from an era of like, I, I like a little mystery. I don't want people to go to howlonggone.com and see how much money we're making every month. I think it's just kind of gross. Like I just don't, and, yeah. like, and I don't want to get DMs from all of our minions of like, yo, where's the art? Where's the art? Where's the art? That's the other problem is that once you start taking money, these people think they fucking own you. Like you are indebted to them in this way that I I don't want to be in a Discord talking to people. I don't want to have to talk. I don't want to do any of that. Like I want to make a podcast, talk to people we want to talk to, and people enjoy it. And the rest, should, I hope, will figure itself out. You know, that's kind of the, yeah, idea. that no, listen, that is a, that is definitely a great point. There definitely will come. And also like, yeah, we started this Patreon thing and our producer would be like, oh, we lost some patrons this week. And every time you're like, oh, that sucks. And it's yeah. like, if you lose listeners on a given week, you don't know. Yeah. Listeners come and go. Mm-hmm. But with someone leaving Patreon, it really feels like you were like, yo, fuck that. I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm there. It's like they're saying goodbye forever. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and it could just be like they don't really, you know, they they got a little tight that month, and they need to exactly, you know, make some decisions. And in your podcast, ain't going to be it. But yeah, I think the a, a good way to do it is like, you know, hey, we want to grow the show, we want to pay a producer, like you know, our kid who's helping us film the YouTube shit or edit stuff, like you know, give them a couple grand a month to make it worth their while. That kind of makes a lot more sense than than like. Hey, like these hosts who are just dripping in all these cool clothes and driving BMWs yeah, and shit everywhere. Please, yeah. please, uh, please give us your shekels this month so we can keep the lights on. And it's kind of like, yeah, I think you guys are good, bro. Right? Yeah. No, that 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 part is weird. It's like you already know that I have these jobs. So what kind of chain? What kind of chain do you have? Are you rocking any ice, Peter? So I a few years ago got two basic gold chains from my boy mr flawless they were really hey, nice shout out to mr flawless it was and they were really nice solid chains and i spent a couple grand on it and i i loved them i loved wearing them they were like they look kind of inherently ridiculous on me mm-hmm. like for whatever reason i'm just someone where it sticks out honestly i can say this to you 100 like chris you could wear two chains on a white shirt and because for whatever reason with your look it might look <laughs> ironic it might look sort of whatever, but you wouldn't. I instantly turn into like Guido. Like I just go like I just use. I'm all of a sudden just like, hey, it's just I. It looks like I should be selling you jewelry. Like it's yes, just yes, something. Yes. yes, I understand. So, but I really did. I really did love them, though. I was super into them. And then one day me and my ex-wife took a trip, a car trip, and I, I was wearing them and I put them in the middle console. Oh, no. And like two weeks later, I was like, yo, I forgot about my chains. <laughs> Went to my car, gone, never saw them again. 
It was very upsetting. Uh, you, your ex-wife definitely stole that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She melted. She melted those down. Yeah, like, and and it was, this was like a year before we got divorced, so maybe she was already cooking things up. Mm-hmm. Damn, was like, really makes you these. think. Really I hate to be think. the one to bear this bad news info, but you know, this is not a true crime podcast, but it's starting to feel like one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna find your chains in the next thirty minutes. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get more one day. I need to like get like a I need to have like a really although I have a pet peeve about chains. Okay, speak on it, my brother. What they look stupid. <laughs> I don't like I don't like when okay this is this is so nuanced, but I'm not saying white people can't wear chains. I am. I don't. Yeah, that, which by the way, that's fine too. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I fight. I'm not fighting the fight for them either. But let me just say this: understand when when you're a white dude and you wear a chain and you're like not even into hip hop at all, but you're wearing a Cuban link chain to me. There's something that really irks me about it. I don't know. I guess it would be the same as like getting a tattoo of Big L and you've never <laughs> listened to his music. It's just like it's. There's something about it that feels even grosser than white people wearing chains in the first place. <laughs> I agree with you, and that's actually how I feel about Jordans. Oh, me too. Like, I, I would never wear a pair. I cannot. That would look crazy. I would feel truly. Uh, I would. I would feel insane. Yeah, but also Jordan. just how just how he, Peter was saying, you know, you can't put it into words, but it's just like when certain guys are wearing chains, you can just pull it off, and sometimes you can't. And you can't describe it. It's just a feeling. It's just an essence. The same thing applies to true. You know, some random ass people can just pull off some Tims, can pull off some Jordans, can pull off a chain. It's just like the attitude. It's the spirit. It has nothing to do with how they look. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's a great example of someone who physically, even if you want to make fun of them, they pull it off, mm-hmm. but they're not hip hop heads at all. And that's like literally the walking example of this is Jake Paul. Jake Paul, yeah. Jake Paul, Cuban link, Cuban link chains all the time jordans everything hip-hop nothing about his brand is hip-hop like Mm -hmm. there is not really i'm actually surprised that in all the ways people drag him he does yo people miss the most obvious shit in all of our cancellation i think it's because hip-hop culture is popular culture you're right there's a good chance that he doesn't even understand that the cuban link chain is connected to hip-hop so deeply the way that you would he might just look at him be like that chain's dope (laughs) and then that's it that's what all the guys I wear like without even I don't think that I don't think guys well first of all guys like that clearly don't think that much that's not really their thing thinking um but I but I all uh, yeah thinking is not their thing but I do think that it's it's more of a symptom that like and, and this is a, a bigger issue but it's like yeah black culture is popular culture and someone like that doesn't even recognize that I don't think he, he goes there when he's putting on yeah his there, there's a white chicken in like Minnesota right now who's got some some clean black ones on right now and has no idea that those shoes are only for people who do stabbings you know <laughs> no understanding of the background <laughs> yeah but that, that's that's actually you know it's, it's one of the things that's awkward about my life in general <laughs> is like I've, as i've gotten older um and gone through things in my life i've started to be able to see people's perception of me more oh. in ways that is i think helpful Damn. as opposed to being like why doesn't everyone like me I'm able to clearly see, like, no, no, these people don't like you, and here's what they think. Mm-hmm. And You're taking a cold, hard look of yourself in the mirror. See? Mm-hmm. This is the part of the show you can't afford to miss. Matter of fact, run one of your ads right now before we even get into this. <laughs> this is big. All right, we back. 
no, but, but like I, I, I recognize that if I were someone just like myself, but instead of being me, I, I, I had all the same interests and thoughts and, and social beliefs, et cetera, but instead I just worked a job, right, and just consumed hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I never really spent time on the Wanette podcast didn't really watch the morning show, uh, the, the morning show videos, the interviews I've done. Didn't really know about my Sunday night show. I just sort of saw this white dude named Rosenberg. I've seen him have like beefs with random rappers. I can see how if you only consume me in that way, you could be like, yo, fuck that guy. He's obviously mm-hmm. not about shit. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating on a human level because you want to believe people would be like, no, you before you think that, you you take it in a bit more. But like, how much do I know about Jake Paul? I just gave my assessment on him. I don't really know shit about him except that he comes off as a douche. Um, <laughs> so you can't really expect people to do things that you don't do. But when, I, when I'm when i in New York and I go out every day and I run into the people who have heard me on a consistent over the last 10 years, maybe they've heard me four days a week. Maybe they've heard me one day a month. But over that 10 years, they've gotten to know me. It's a totally different relationship. It's a really pleasant, we know who you are. Um, but you can't expect that you definitely of cannot. the random internet crowd that just sees my name. Mm-hmm. I get it. And because of that, have you looked at other people differently? You know, like your assumptions of people that you don't know as well as you as you know yourself? Are you like more empathetic to them, their, their plight and struggle? Shockingly, the release of this has been really a lesson in in empathy. I knew you were going to make this about your album, Peter. Go ahead. And the album is out right now. (laughs) Uh, No, No, but seriously, in in going through the process of of doing press and trying to garner interest for this project, Mm -hmm. it's really been an eye-opening experience of, like, not thinking about how artists feel at all, Mm. you know? And, like, artists get really pissy, when you don't ask about their project or you don't know every song or you ask a mundane question. And I'm always like, what do you expect me to do, dude? We do so many interviews, blah, blah, blah. Now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that shit is annoying. I get it. You worked really hard and you want people to ask about your shit. I understand more. And as far as judging other media personalities, I've tried to be better in general. At the same time, most of the ones I don't like. I know them well. <laughs> oh, damn. You I heard know. that. You heard that, Charlemagne. You can log off right now. You oh. heard that. <laughs> we know each other. We've had conversations. This is not like I'm not like making things up. So but I do try with new people like I've probably given academics a harder time than he <laughs> As you has deserved at times. OK, I mean, well, yeah, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Some. There's some people, you know, you do have to draw a line somewhere. I don't see what the I don't see what the big deal is about academics. I think he just knows how to play the game. I don't know. I mean, I just look at all that stuff as like. Oh, this guy figured out how to do it. You know what I mean? I can't. Whether okay, I so like here it, or, it is, but you just said it. Yeah. So you just, but you just, you explained the whole thing. So for someone like me, who was like, I'm going to choose to go the really nerdy purist route, regardless of what how beneficial that will be. And then you see someone else who's like, I'm going to promote absolute bullshit. <laughs> Don't come at six nine like that. Don't come at six nine. Like Treyway, do not come at six nine like that. If, and 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 to, exactly. Thank you for making the point. Mm-hmm. Like so so then and then we have to turn around and be like, yo, you got to respect it. It's like, well, well, by that token, I guess you have to respect Donald Trump. Like you have to, <laughs> yo, the way the way he never paid anyone, the way he like had no idea about real estate and failed up by bullying people and never paying them. Like, yo, you got to respect that. It's like, no, you don't. 
You don't have to. And so, like, yeah. it's not that I think academics is talentless. It's not that I think he's not smart. It's that I think at no point in his young career has he chosen yet to do things that would benefit the art. Mm-hmm. Like, he has not tried to do that yet. So I'm not saying he can't, and I'm not saying he's a bad person, but do I have any respect for how you're using the art form to make your money? No. Mm-hmm. That was fair, right, Jason? That was very fair, and that's why we all will just continue to make fun of academics, and, you know, until the world stops spinning. It's part of being an American, if you ask me. I mean, but also that's the cool part about. I mean, you were talking about you know being an artist who you've created a thing, you made a movie, you wrote a book, you made an album, and you want to go and talk about it. You want to get gassed up. You want people to be like you know ask a million questions. But the beauty of podcasting is there's so many shows. Like I'm sure you've done a bunch of podcasts with, that are like real nerdy hip hop, like. We're going to get into it. And you guys are talking about, you know, here, here's how I found this hi-hat and all that shit. And then you can do our podcast where people can learn a different side about you and be like, oh, I didn't know, you know, he was actually really cool. He was actually really funny. They talked about sandwiches and shit, whatever. It wasn't about the album. And you have a new fan a different way. And that's, you know, no, oh, oh, we're yeah. all part of a great ecosystem. No, no, no. Listen, if the conversation's good, you don't, th- I don't ever think anything about, ask me about the album. Mm-hmm. I only think that. When it's not a great conversation, it's very straightforward. Like they read the notes from the publicist and I'm like, you're missing out on good shit. I have good shit. If you if <laughs> I'm not going to go volunteering to say shit that's uh, going to get clicks or do whatever. But I do have good shit in there if you ask good questions or if we're just having good conversation. Yeah. By the way, it does make me realize, though. All three of us are so ADD that I never explained what I actually did on the album at all. Yeah, yeah. You DJ Khaled did that, huh? But please <laughs> please explain what you did on You texted. We know what you did. You texted some of your friends. They sent you some verses. You sent those to your producers, and then the shit comes out, right? Isn't that how it goes? I mean, that is the that is basically <laughs> it. Um, but, um, yeah, you must not do this shit, son. <laughs> Honestly, the nature of it really is collect collect beats from producers and found some really cool producers that aren't that known unless you're super duper underground. Mm-hmm. Go through said beats, pick out the songs that you think would work for people, get an idea of what that song looks like, then chase down the people, get the songs recorded, put those songs together, add all the accoutrement, mix it, etc., get a song. Mm-hmm. Within that, though, there's a million stories, and the person you didn't get, you ended up getting someone else, or they cut off their verse in a weird way, and you have to totally change the song around what they did mm-hmm. because Ghostface isn't sending you another two bars. <laughs> Even though when I talked to him the other day, he was like incredibly apologetic for not sending the last two bars. And I'm like, bro... Once I heard what you did on the first 14, whoever has heard a song and been like, that wasn't an even measure, man. <laughs> like, I was like, it's like, That's we're true. good. We're, t- we're, we're good. totally good. We're good. Yeah, well, we I worked, think we this, is, this is a thing that, uh, that used to happen a lot more, and I think people are, you know, not used to it. But, yeah, it's like Khaled is kind of the only person who is, like, super famous who's doing this stuff right now. And a lot of people give him shit for just like, oh, you didn't make this music. You're not rapping on it, but you're you're taking all the credit for it. And I think you're doing it the right way of, like, you're not screaming your name at the beginning of every song. You don't have a, you that's know, a picture of your face people, on the cover. Don't you think that's probably the biggest reason people hate on Khaled is because of the We The Best shit? That's probably where the hate mostly comes from. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a behind-the-scenes person, if you are a true amazing executive producer, you have a really amazing skill that people can't do. You can be like, this producer would be perfect with this guy, and I heard this verse, and it'd be great on that beat, and do this artwork, and this is how the promo should go out. Like, There's a skill to that. You're a real producer, but... 
when it's all just like clearly so you can get fame and, and put your face on it and put your kids on it and scream your name and say we the best, then everyone's like, all right, bro, you ain't really doing shit. Well, I, I appreciate you pointing that the, the skill part out of it. And I and I, I love Khaled and he does he has done things that are he has a few songs that I absolutely love and I think were put together. Yeah, why didn't you get Bieber? Like what happened there? Facts. And by the way, I've known Bieber for dumb long. He's never done a song with me yet. No, but I'm the one really was a great song. Like, that's the funny thing. It's like, so yeah. people do hate on Khaled. He has a few in there that are really hammers that I really love. But the only negative comment that I've gotten in regard to my album, I've been so thrilled about uh, the way social media has responded to it. The only thing I've gotten is, yes, yeah, some, what did he even do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, the people who say that think they're playing me. And I'm like, you're just like screaming. I don't know how songs get made. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I listen to music, but I do not. I've never heard of an A&R. I don't know how songs are put together. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be like, well, what did you do? And it's like, well, the song doesn't exist. <laughs> it's a, it's an, it's an idea in my uh-huh. head. And then I find music and I find artists and I put the, well, what did you do? It's like, well, it wouldn't exist if the idea, it's, why am I yeah, explaining It's very this? simple. It's very um, simple. It's like, it's like assuming that the only people who work on movies are actors. Well, by the way, bro, that's, I appreciate you saying that too, because my number one line to explain it to like old Jewish people, <laughs> aka my parents' friends, is like, think of it as directing a film. I'm not, I'm not an actor in the film and I didn't quite produce the film. But it's a director. It's my vision. I'm saying I see this, I see this, I see that. It, Bro, this is Puff Daddy's whole career. And yeah. yeah, there are people who don't like Puff and whatever. But do you think that Ready to Die and Life After Death would have sounded the way they sounded if it was just Biggie and the producers of those songs? Hell no. No, definitely not. The polish on those records, the, how big and anthemic they are, like that would have been an underground-ass album that people liked and thought was cool. But Puffy brought the energy of like, no, this is going to be larger than life. And this, we call that we sauce. It. We call that sauce. And that's exactly what I that's what I bring to this podcast. But also Puffy is such a great rapper, too. You know what I mean? By the way, from the from the beginning of this conversation, I kept thinking like, dude, Chris is like the fucking Puffy of this podcast. Yo. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to we're going to grab that audio. That better not make me the mace of this podcast. Please, God. <laughs> I was thinking you're like the G Depp of this podcast. Okay, uh, better than the G Easy. <laughs> he's he is slender. I, I've never seen him in a leather jacket, but I'm sure he's worn one. Before. Are you as handsome as G Easy? Because you're not on camera, Jason. No, he's not. No, who is? I mean, Gerald. Gerald's a hottie. Fuck Gerald. Uh, unfortunately, his music is truly ass. Is is truly ass. By, by the way, why does why does everyone hate Gerald so much? Well, he's a great guy because he's white and he's a rapper. <laughs> I don't. I don't fuck with. I don't fuck with any white rappers. Literally zero, none. White people shouldn't wear Cuban links. Shouldn't wear Tims. Shouldn't wear black Air Force Ones. And should never get in the booth and drop a hot sixteen. They should never rap. What about Mac Miller? No, no. I no Mac Miller. I I don't doesn't do anything for me. Never has. Have you listened to Swimming in Circles? His last two albums at all? No. The only good white rapper is Bubba Sparks, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. Good point, Jason. We ride for Bubba. Well, Mac, first of all, Mac was was fucking at the last two albums. He was going. Look, I I understand. That, I understand that people say I'm that. Sure, people I, but we just don't listen it. to Macklemore. I don't know what to tell you, bro. We haven't got that I'm far. Just good. <laughs> Macklemore is also a great guy. Anyone can be a great guy. Yeah, sometimes nice isn't enough, Peter. Be a great guy and go work at IKEA. Don't get in the booth. Yeah, but hold on. But, but, <laughs> well, okay, but 
I'm not. But first of all, but Macklemore is not Mac Miller. No, okay. that was a joke. Not that all, was a joke. I know. Yeah, I know. And not all white MCs are created equal. I mean, you guys don't listen to, to Eminem at all. No. No. Fuck no. <laughs> Eminem might be the most. Eminem might be the most offensive of all of them to me. No, he's not the most offensive in what way? I can't think of a time. Where a white rapper, I'm like, damn, this is it. Chris, I told you sound bombing too. I mean, I know you were busy, again, listening to, to you know, hardcore Atlanta music, but you didn't, you weren't into the Marshall Mathers LP. That didn't do it for you at all. I, I literally have never had an Eminem album on a listening device in my life. Well, so then why are we talking? So this isn't, <laughs> so this is just about like a personal taste and bias. This isn't based on actual facts. It's having, yeah, it's having great, it's having great taste. It's having great taste. You got it. <laughs> You're exactly right. Thank you for pointing that out. Dude, if no, you, no. If you have not listened to Dear White America by Eminem, or, or frankly, which isn't on the Marshall Mathers LP, but it came later, or the entire Marshall Mathers LP, you are missing out. And you're no, d- no, no. Look, look. You hate his fans, don't you? You're basing it on who he became more so than the the body of work. Not, well, not, I can't. Not. I don't think you can separate those two things at a certain point. I think it's very difficult to separate those two things at a certain point. And that's that's maybe on me. Uh, you know, to, that the impetus is on me to do that. But I do think that. Look, I mean, he has undeniable hits. Like, I know the words to his songs. Like, you know, you know what I mean. There's, there's no denying the, the, the hits. But the hits are the worst shit he's ever on. He's one of the guys where his hits really are so. But the, off but the, the problem worst. for mm-hmm. the problem for me is he, it's just deeply, deeply uncool, and that turned me off from the beginning. Rap, it's it's you have to be very talented at rapping. You have to have a certain coolness, a swag, a je ne sais quoi, a flavor to you. It's those two things that make somebody an amazing rapper. And if you're so talented you know eminem is probably the best rapper alive you know just a skill-based level he's so talented but he makes raps that people don't necessarily want to do cool things to you don't want to ride around you don't want to get your dick sucked you don't want to go to the club you're like you never listen to eminem in the club but you just sit there when you're like drawing in your sketchbook about your like suicidal thoughts or something like that there are great rappers besides eminem who don't fit necessarily into any of the things that you just said either. Yeah, that's true. They're just not Eminem. Well, I think that you I think well, I think you have an appreciation for technical skill that ma- many people well, I don't have. Like I would rather a song be cool and good than it be technically good. Like I you do you understand what I'm saying? Like I think that like the no, I can respect a technical skill and I understand that, but to me that doesn't make me want to listen to something. Right. You could be a, an amazing you could be an amazing guitarist who's just yeah. absolutely out of this world, but they're like I mean listen, mm-hmm. I'm aware that fish uh, are incredible musicians <laughs> and I don't want to sit Great example. To fish. Great example. Great example. That's example. Exactly. It. Another That's exactly white it. band. Something to think about. <laughs> but here's the thing, but hold on. But 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 Mac is a be- Mac is both cool and interesting. I don't think he's cool. I don't think he's cool. Sorry, Nick. Oh, you were never around him. You mean on his, no, no, no. His I don't know him personally. Cool. No, no. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know him personally. You mean aesthetic, surely? I've read some interviews with him that I thought he was quite insightful and like a very a bright guy. I can I remember there's a couple of profiles in him where I was like, oh, this is cool, but that still didn't implore me to listen to his music. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's interesting, and I, I, I he's he's different yeah. than I thought he would be in a positive way, but I, it didn't compel me to listen to the music. Just like just like Childish Gambino or something like that. You're like, whoa, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, no. But still to bring it to you. Yeah, that's a great example of someone who's really talented. Like, he's absolutely undeniably talented. He or writes, Chance the Rapper. Oh, Chance the Rapper. It's the worst shit in the world. But he's obviously talented. Like, there's no question of these <sighs> people's talent. That's not the issue. You know what I mean? Chance the Rapper is literally cancer. I think you're... <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> I think chance the cancer. Yeah, bro, I'm all set. I think you're way dug into image more than you're giving credit to here, though. 
Like the idea that someone connotes in your head as opposed to the music that they're creating. That's because we live, that's the society we live in. And I'm not above it. I think we live in an image based When world. was hip hop not about the image, though, you know? But, but, because, but Coloring Book's an amazing album. I've never met a fan of rap who doesn't think Chance 3 is a great We don't team. listen like, to don't rap, bro. We listen like. to hip hop. It's different. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't fucking Chance understand. Three is a, Chance 3 is a. The coloring book is phenomenal, bro. My I mean, man is all the way through. No, bro. My man Chance the Rat. He's hanging out with Obama. He's wearing that hat all funny. His dad's a pastor. But that's all the. But that's okay. That's fair. That's just all the brand, and you hate the brand. If the brand is what is used to sell me to listen to music, which is the world we live in, then he's failing at the task. But I'm also a 38 year old white guy who listens to the Lemonheads and the Goo Goo Dolls. So like, I'm not the intended audience. Well, listen. At this exact moment, where Chance is. You're not being proven totally wrong because people don't seem to be terribly into the brand right now. Mm-hmm. I would just say that I guess as someone who plays the music, I I, I can only care about the brand so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and music totally. He, he was so good. He affected Kanye. His effect on Kanye and how much that changed Kanye's music and helped Kanye make some of his best records. He's just to me. He bring musically. He's something special. Let me let me say that. Let me say this. A lot of the. I think all of these guys we're talking about are incredibly talented, and I'm and from a musical standpoint, uh, like gifted and and stars. Like Chance the Rapper is a star, is a superstar. Mac Miller is a superstar, no question. But I have no interest in the music and never have. And at this point, I don't know if there's anything they could either could compel me to listen to it. Is what I'm saying. Who's some remotely current rapper who has made you compelled to listen to them? Young Dolph. Jason and I gravitate towards the same, like, absolutely kind of like... T. Grizzly. T. Grizzly. That's a great example. We love T. Grizzly. And his younger brother, Baby Grizzly. Not, let's not forget Baby. It just comes down to coolness. Are people lining up to suck Chance the Rapper's penis? No. He's not sexy. <laughs> it's not cool. Like, it's the same as a rock star. Like, you look at, like, Oasis, Liam Gallagher on stage. Everyone wants to suck Liam Gallagher's dick. Nobody wants to suck Noel's dick. They'll do it if it, you know, if they have to. But like, and then you have all these rappers. Like, it doesn't matter how good they are. But like, do women want to have sex with them because they're hot, cool, and sexy? Yes, that's what I go to hip hop for. Not you know, like talking about church. Don't you think there's something? And I hate to use this word. It's so annoying. But it's the only word I can think of. <laughs> Isn't that inherently problematic? Absolutely. To be like white guys who are like, I like my rap. I like my rap to be about degrading the black community. Give me some upliftment. Give me some friends with Obama. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sell crack and kill people. Like, I need you. And I, I'm not saying that I think socially that's how you guys see the world. No. But I do think that we all white people have so, sort of this intrinsic fascination with hood hip-hop i think you're absolutely right and i think we're a product of our environment and i think also being religious is corny whether you're white or i i, I that's just not what i'm into you know what i mean i'm gonna think that's corny no, no matter i'm not trying to sound holier than thou about it and believe me no one has hated on more white rappers than me <laughs> i ended up often befriending them because i realized how similar the ones who made it to that point whether it's um you know, starting with Asher Roth, who's one of my oldest friends now in rap, but like from Asher to Mac to Macklemore to G Easy, mm-hmm. when I met them, I was like, "Oh, you guys are really into this. You're doing this in earnest. Like, you, you're not an asshole. You're not. You don't look like like the amalgamation of your worst fans. You're actually seriously about this." It's a tough uphill battle in life to become a white rapper to be some you know i'm sure they have a lot of self-doubt and thoughts in their head of like should i be doing this blah 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 you know it's it's a tough road ahead for them but you know that desire is so inherently in their heart that they can't say no to it and that part i do respect but i think for me just growing up as a club dj like 
listening to Three Six Mafia and shit like that, and Dr. Dre. You want to tear the club up, thugs? Yeah. So, like to me, hip, like mu- I, I like to prescribe different genres of music to different situations. If I'm at home working in the morning and drinking coffee, I'm listening to some ambient stuff. If I'm, you know, whatever. But like, if I'm in the club and I'm fucked up. I don't want to listen to Chance the Rapper. I don't want to listen to Eminem. I want to listen to some just foolish, ludicrous shit. You know, just some dumb stuff about sucking penises and shooting. And I understand how a lot of people wouldn't fit into that, like where Eminem wouldn't fit in. But I will just say musically, I think you're missing out on a few things. That, that's no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I 100% agree with you, but I'm, I'm, um, I think that there are, there are definitely bigger issues at hand, which I think you make, make a great point. And that is obviously we're not going to get to the bottom of that on this podcast. But I do think that there's just something about even musically that I talk about this all the time. Like, I think a lot of hip hop like today that is cool is pretty boring. Like someone like Gunna, I I like him. I think he's very cool, but I listen to music and I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. This isn't there's no songs. You know what I mean? So it's like it goes goes both ways. They're just taking the tropes that you like and just tossing them out, even if you do it in a pretty good way. Can lack something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a look. I'm a songs guy, just like your favorite A and R monster. You know, I, I'm a hook. I want big songs. The guys you're talking about, even though I don't like them, they got big fucking songs, and there's no arguing that they have earned their success. You, you know what I mean? They have earned their success, and it's absolutely justified. And I also think it's a situation where the reality is you need basically 17 year old white girls to like what you're making to be really famous and make a lot of money. And I think that that's what G Easy is. That's you know that's where Mac Miller went like you can start somewhere but if you get to that point it takes it to a whole nother level and that's also something you can't really plan for but the beauty of a mac for example was when i went to max for the first time i went to a mac miller concert at the very beginning i was like oh my god this is the death of (laughs) hip-hop it's like all white kids watching a white rapper this is not this is going to be the end of soul and hip-hop but then what mac did was like managed to do everything right got better as an artist, became a producer, learned how to do re- make real music, put on amazing black artists, mm-hmm. made sure they got their shit going and all popped off, then was like, I'm going to ease into the music that sort of is the other music that I grew up on, take the influences of hip-hop, put it all together, and make something that's organically sort of him. And that's why, his, to me, his two best bodies of work, even though I think Mac's a good rapper, his last two albums where he didn't rap nearly as much are, to me, yeah. just two really great albums that aren't very hip-hop. They're, mm-hmm. There's hip-hop influence in there, and there's rapping but on you're, it. But, but you're saying he it. basically, yeah, I mean, he was basically able to, in, in, in a musical way, like, educate his fan. Hey, you like me? You'll like If you like me, you'll like Vince Staples. He's a much better rapper than okay, I Okay, not Vince Staples. Okay, we're not going, okay, we can't, no, okay, all right, this podcast, <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. We ain't talking about Why, Vince Staples. you hate Staples? Vince Staples? Bro, Vince Staples? has never made a song bro he's a comedian like he's a really funny and really smart he ain't got no songs bro he ain't got no songs <laughs> he does have songs you may know him more as a look, comedian you, or a, a personality you might, ha- you might have to you you're, look i know you play you might play his shit on the radio because you're you know you're getting a little payola and i understand that but i mean i'm just saying like i ain't ever heard i ain't like i'm, I'm happy you're going to the bahamas for free thanks to your you know the a and r guy but i don't i can't i ain't never heard a vince staples song i ain't ever heard a vince staples song what do you mean you've never heard one, though? You mean they're not popular? 
There's there there's a you're, lot of wilding. Vince Staple .mp3 files that exist in the universe, but <laughs> none of them are, happen to be music songs. Right. I don't know. You don't think any of them are actual songs, and you don't think he can rap either. Oh, he can rap, but sure, I don't care if you can rap if you got no songs. If you can't pick a beat and you don't have a hook, you, I don't care how well you can do it. The only time he should have a mic in his hand is when he's on an interview for YouTube and he's just saying some cool, funny jokes. He's really funny. He's very talented. Music just ain't it. What about Earl? What about Earl Sweatshirt? No interest. I like I like Earl. I think Earl's talented. He's got some songs. I've heard some cool songs that he's made, but I would never put on Earl Sweatshirt. You know what I mean? Like I would never I mean like I'll put on Lil Baby. Well Lil Baby's great too, but they're not that's like saying, Hey, do you want a cheeseburger? It's like, no, no, I'll have a hot fudge Sunday. I mean it's not they're not the same thing. Look, I, like, I, <laughs> I understand I, I think that like that whole genre of kind of the the more musical conscious hip hop, for lack of a better term. Cerebral just, could be a good word. Yeah, I, I think that he, Earl Sweatshirt's the best of that. I, I will say that. Like I've heard songs from him that I was like, "This is very good." Do I go back to it? No, I don't. But I'm glad I. I'm glad I know do you, that. Do you like Griselda? Do you listen to Griselda? Absolutely no? not. No. <laughs> no, it's too dusty for me. So you don't like any rap that's made now <laughs> at all, unless it's literally a top ten played on yeah, the exactly. We want serious. We, we, Serious bullshit hits exactly. channel that people drive around listening to an album. I want to hear, I wanna <laughs> hear DJ. It. When I'm in the truck, maybe it's DJ Khaled. It's Drake. It's Lil Baby. It's, you know, that's what we're listening to. I can't, I have no, I mean, I think some of that stuff, like I think Griselda, the beats are interesting, but it just, it feels a little, it just feels dusty to me. It just feels a little dusty to me. But obviously... All right, so listen. So for everyone listening, if you love this podcast but hate this philosophy, <laughs> listen to my album because it's everything he hates. Talk about finding out someone didn't listen to your project. Oh, no, 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 no. I, that's literally... I listen to it. Literally no, no, I listen, the entire No, I listen project. to it. No, no, I, I listen to it. That's why we had you on. And you hated it. You hated it from the opening fucking piano. Look, hey, look, Peter, Peter, what I personally listen to and what I'm interested in aren't, aren't the same thing. Because I I'm a, a, I understand I'm familiar with you as a person and enjoy your work and I'm happy. Well, I don't, you were able way, to I don't give a shit. You had me on your show. I I could care less. I'm not offended at all. I I respect you giving me the outlet. I'm just saying I know you're never going to listen to no, it. No, definitely again. not. No, 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 definitely not. No, 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 no. There's no way in hell. All right, hold on. I got to ask you. So I have to ask you, and we never went back around this. So you, what do you get when you listen to? Charlemagne's podcast. I want to know, like, what it, you said it angers you. I can't. I've tried I to ask this to question a lot of times. Well, I, I find him, I find him and his whole like mental health for dummies thing to be like really hilarious to me. But I think it's probably doing more harm than, I mean, doing more good than it is bad. So I recognize the, the power in that and also the okay. reach that he has. You know what? That's a good way of looking at it. And I yeah. like that he can't pronounce the letter T. Yeah. I, but who I, I really think Andrew Schultz, I can't believe that he's famous. Like I watched his, his Netflix thing and it's so awful. It's unwatchable. And I don't understand it. I just, I also, I don't know. I, I, it's like compelling to me in this. Like, I really don't like either of these people. How they, how they get Weinstein but not Charlemagne is what we're saying. <laughs> by, by the way, you make it a joke, but they got Weinstein. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I mean, look, I think that Andrew. I mean, I think that it's it, the way that he. There was a there was a time where he was like talking about how he was going to change the world. And I don't need the gatekeepers, and I'm on YouTube. And then it looks like, to me, as soon as Netflix said, yeah, you can do your little special, like he ran and took the money. You know what I mean? And I would never fault anybody from that because I would take the money too. But you can't act like you're above it and then do it as soon as you get the offer.
we were talking about G Easy. He's the he's the same thing as G Easy, but for comedy. Tall white guy wants to say the N word so bad but can't, and then is just kind of cruising. <laughs> See, no, see no, no. G Easy does not. The difference is G Easy does not want to say. Yo, he's N-word. from San Francisco. You know, you know they let it spray up there. <laughs> all the, all my Filipino bros, all my Latino, all the Mexicans, all the white people say the N word so much. They say it a hell of amount of times. I don't think G Easy wants to. I'm telling you guys. You got to find the line between. I mean, listen. Maybe Andrew Schultz is a great guy too. I don't know, but Jeezy's a great. guy. I, look, I believe. <laughs> I'm sure. I believe Gerald's a great guy. Shout out to the uh, the homie Charlemagne. Shout out to Andrew Schultz and the whole Brilliant Idiots crew. Uh, you guys are welcome on How Long Gone anytime. So wait, do you listen every week? By the way, I was for a long time. I listen here and there now. I mean, I I stopped listening to Joe Budden after Rory and Maul left. Maul Nation. Wow, look at you. You bought in. You were really affected by it. You were like, "This is bullshit." I'm, I'm a little. I, I was. I have to say, it was a dark. Jason knows. I was. You had to get back it. on Well Butrin. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a big. <laughs> it was a tough. It was a tough couple months for me. Well, Charlemagne told me that if I'm feeling sad or lonely, that means I have depression, so I should go <laughs> exactly. To yeah, you should read his. You should read his book. He's got a book imprint um, as well, so he's putting out a lot of great books on mental health. You should check those out if you have time. Yo, listen, I'm just so glad. Isn't it sweet that someone can discover that they have a mental health issue and then within three years be able to sell books telling people how to fix themselves on it? That's, it's it's, uh, it's, it's it. fucking. The credentials, the credentials wow. are, you know, I'm looking for them. I'm not seeing them, but you know, man, the reality is if you have an audience, you have an audience. That's all that really matters. If you got people that are going to buy something from you, then somebody's going to help you sell it. Yeah. If Jordan Peterson is selling books, then Charlemagne can sell books. If people want to listen to the music of G-Eazy, there's billions of people in the world. Most of them are dumb and love all this shit. It's true. And they're easily impressionable and these people can take advantage of it. We like to shoot for a little bit of a higher like, echelon. I just don't like that G Easy has been forced into this whole thing. He's not doing your anything. Gerald agenda is not welcome here. Okay, you fucking. You Gerald don't know what it's like in Oakland, bro. They force yeah. you to be a rapper. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. Yo, listen. Yeah, you weren't you weren't a part of the hyphy movement like I was, Peter. <laughs> Did you grow up in the Bay? No. no. I guys. No, I'm, but I'm, I am a Cali swag guy. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Wow, Peter, this is the longest podcast we ever had. You know what I mean? We really we cap no, it an not. hour, but when we're with a pro, we we just can't stop talking. <laughs> we, yeah, we did an hour and fifteen, bro. Exactly. It was a marathon. Yeah. By the way, this was really a lot. I'm I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you, Peter. It was a pleasure. I was looking for something. It was a pleasure. And I again, like I I've you know I I listened to One Up. Like I listened to the radio show. We're happy to have you. Congratulations on the record. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Hi. Original bad boy on the case, covered your face. Came in the place, blowed and sprayed puffy with mace. I laced the weed when it's sack repellent. Better check the smell it. Eminem starts with E. Better check the spell it with a capital. Somebody grabbing a snapple. I got an aspirin capsule trapped in my Adam's apple. Somebody dropped me on my head, and I'm sure that my mother did it, but the bitch won't admit it was her. I slid her stomach open with a scalpel when she was six months and said, I'm ready now, bitch. Ain't you feeling these kicks, cunt? The world ain't ready for me yet. I can tell.